Discover community, find hope, and experience God. This is Discovering Hope with Pastor Paul Knight. There were shepherds out in the fields. And they were watching over their sheep. And it was, it was nighttime. It was, it was dark. And, and, and maybe not just dark out there. I think for many of the shepherds, probably, possibly, very similar to us, it was dark in here. There were shepherds out in the fields by night, and they were watching over their sheep, and suddenly, almost like they peeled back the heavens, and an angel came out, and It says the glory of the Lord shone around them. And their instinctive reaction was terror. Not, not just like a little nervousness. It was, they were very afraid. Similar to how some of us would feel if we felt like we would encounter God tonight. Maybe, maybe it was something about the darkness inside them that made them very, very uncomfortable. Terrified. Maybe like some of us who are wondering, what in the world is this all about? These people seem a little too into it, right? And we're wrestling with what's going on. The angel said, do not be afraid, for I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. Today, in the city of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. You know, I love Christmas. I, I really do. I, I, I love I love the story. I, I, I love I love the reality of of Jesus coming as an infant. I I don't grasp it completely. I love the 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 parties. I love the stupid sweaters people wear. I I, I love the the food and, and the lights and and the presents. I really love presents. Uh, I'm available for presents. I, I've gotten some really. Good presents for my wife uh, that I'm excited to share with her. Uh, if she doesn't like them, I, I'm going to keep them myself. Uh, but I love all of that. But, but more than loving Christmas, if I'm honest with you, I, I need Christmas. I need everything that Christmas represents. If I said it like this, like I need Jesus. Not just the imagination of Jesus, not just the, oh, I hope he loves me, Jesus, but I actually need the presence of Jesus. You know, in the Gospel of John, uh, John writes the Christmas story in kind of a different way because I think he wants us to understand something. I think he wants us to understand that the baby that was born, that we celebrate at Bethlehem, that, that we talk about at Christmas time, and then many of us we just forget about during the year, that that baby was actually God. That, that's what we're going to read in a second. That, that, the, that the baby, in the, in the Gospel of John, John refers to Jesus as the Word. He says the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst. He says at, at the beginning of it that the Word was God, was with God. The Word was God. And that he made everything. He talks about creation. He talks about the battle between light and darkness, which some of us feel. Inside of us, we have this pull towards good and, and evil or, or mediocre and the best. And we have this battle going on, this, this light and darkness thing. It, it talks about uh, light and life. Well, well, 
Right, let me tell you what it talks about. Let me read it to you. The Gospel of John, chapter 1, and it'll be on the screen for you as well. It says, in the beginning, and this is what he's saying, whenever the beginning began, God already was there. So whenever the beginning was, God was there. And he says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This is a reference to John the Baptist, who was one of the people who came just before Jesus. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. What John is saying is that many, 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 many people like, have the idea about Jesus but they don't actually receive Jesus. They would say, yes, I believe he was born and laid in a manger in a feeding trough, but they live distant from him. It's like they don't really, really recognize who he is. Let me keep reading. Yet to all who did receive him, To those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. The word, Jesus, became flesh and made his dwelling amongst us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. I need Christmas. I love it. I'm excited about it. I'm thrilled by all of it. But I need Jesus. Not just the idea of Jesus, not just the religion around Jesus. Like, I need him. And the reason maybe, like, which is clear to a lot of us, like, we live in a troubled world. We really do. We, we live in a world that's kind of whacked right now. Right? We have all of these tensions going on around us. We have, we have racial division. We have economic pressures and, and rising inflation. And we have this thing that has been sponsored by, who knows, called the pandemic. Right? And, and COVID and, and the fear that surrounds that and the death that surrounds that and all of this trouble that's in the world. And, and, and it probably wasn't so much different in Jesus' day. Right? We tend to think that we, oh, little town of Bethlehem, like everything was like peaceful all the time. The, the Jewish people were under Roman rule. They were probably most understood as slaves. The Roman government occupied their land. It wasn't like peace for a Jewish man. They, they were in poverty. They were, they were in constant tension, constant wondering about the economics. They had, they, it, it was a crazy world. It was troubled out there. But if we're honest, like most of us, it was trouble in here too. The darkness that, or, or to be polite for some of us, the shadows. We're, we're not really dark. We're just not really light. We're shadowed in our hearts, many of us. We don't have evil a lot of us, some of us wrestle with that, but some of us are just like indifferent to the things of God. We're, we're shat- we have these, these, these shadows going on in our, our heart. And if we're honest, some of us are in a world of hurt tonight. Like we're filled with anxiety. 
We're filled with fear. We're filled with, I wonder what is coming around the corner. And, and what if there was a God who cared enough to come and be involved with us? Like some, some of us, like, truth is, some of us are in, like when we talk about the trouble we're in in our hearts, some of us, I'm, I'm just guessing, like I, no one's called me, but I'm guessing some of us are in a relationship on the side that you know, you, you know if you keep walking down that path, it's going to destroy some things you cherish. But you feel like you're on this automatic conveyor belt that's drawing you towards him or drawing you towards her, and you, and you don't know how to stop it anymore. And you're wondering, what am I thinking? Matter of fact, some of you, like when you lay your head down at night, you feel the confusion and the frustration, the anxiety inside you because you're troubled. Right? Some of us are in situations where, where tonight or, or tomorrow or, or sometimes when you gather with the holiday, for the holidays around your family, your family's all wondering, will they wreck it again this year? Will, will he start yelling at us again this year? Will she like run off into the garage this year in a fit? What, like, some of us will have a consumption issue. And we'll drink too much or we'll, we'll slip to the room and, and take something that calms us or, or satisfies us or makes us feel good. We, we, again, we like, what's going on with me? And you feel this trouble welling up inside you or, or that you're trying to hold in place and you're wondering, does this darkness always win? And Jesus said that I've overcome the darkness. For some of us, it's, it's probably not that kind of thing. Matter of fact, on the outside, some of you look really decent. <laughs> right? So, some. Like, like, but, but like you have it together. Like no one would look at you and say, oh, that's a family, that's a mess. They, like everything's fine, but inside, inside you know. Inside, you can't quite put your finger on it, but you, you feel the empty. Or you feel the longing or you feel the frustration, or you feel the thing that is out of place in you. And you wish it was different. I don't know about you, but I don't just love Christmas. I need Christmas. I need what God can do for me to satisfy this longing desire to have a purpose, to be loved by somebody, to be be cared for, you know what's interesting? Uh, uh, like when it's dark out, your eyes will almost automatically seek the light. When it's dark in, your soul will almost automatically seek the light. But you get to decide how you're going to respond. Some, matter of fact, some of you are here tonight thinking, you know, some, I'm guessing, right? some of you have actually been feeling something tonight. Like some of you are thinking, what those people were singing about, what you felt as they sang that, that passion, you're wondering, like, was that real? Could that be mine? Like that trouble? Could God put his finger on it and walk you to a wholeness or a freedom? Or could he address the anxiety or the fear 
or the deep sadness that sits in your soul? To you, a Savior has been born. He is Christ the Lord. Jesus, listen, this is stunning to me. Jesus, God himself, has come into the world. He's come into our trouble. He's come into our mess. He's come into the world because he loves us and he cares for us. He comes because God was watching, observing, getting involved. He said, you know what? I'm just going to go there and help them. I don't understand why. Well, maybe I do a little bit. Why he came as an infant? You know, because he could have come as a missile. He could have come as lightning. He could have like scared the bejeebers out of us. I don't know what a bejeeber is, but, so, but, but he could have done it like that. But instead he came like an infant because infants are approachable. They're lovable. And then the people around him watched him grow up and, and watched him live a perfect life and, and then watched him die and then watched him lay in the tomb and watched him resurrect from the dead to prove that he was God. And then everything became, like, like made said, there, there's two words I want to teach you, two Christmas words, and I'd like you to repeat them after me. The first one is incarnation. Could you say that? Incarnation. Let's do it again. Incarnation. Some of you are saying pink carnation. I said incarnation. In incarnation. One more time. Okay. The other word is Emmanuel. Emmanuel. The, the word incarnation means basically what we talked about in John chapter 1, verse 14. And the word, Jesus, became flesh. God came to earth as a human being. He, Jesus was God with skin. The incarnation. He came here so that the people around him could notice him, watch him, feel him, talk to him, and then write about it and testify it and spread the message for the rest of eternity. Incarnation. God with skin on him. Emmanuel, this is sign language, it's God with us. The word Emmanuel means God with us. Like in our world, in our mess, in our trouble, in our joys, in our sorrows, God, like as a friend and as God, a savior and a Lord in incarnation. And, and you wonder, why would he do that? Why would he come? There's a whole bunch of reasons why he came. Here, here's one that I think. For those of you who struggle with relational rejection, Jesus experienced that. So you could never say to God, you just don't understand me. You don't understand what it's like to have a wife leave or a husband leave or someone who loves you leave. You have no, God, you don't understand. God does understand what it is to be rejected by people that he loves. Like we can never say, God, you don't understand what it looked like to go without, to be hungry and to be hurt and to be beaten and be shamed. He does. That's the kind of life he led. God does understand. Like he knows what it's like to have someone like choose to ignore him. He knows what it's like to be a foreigner in a different land. He knows what it's like to be hated because of his race. He knows what it's like to be a single man 
and all of the temptations that go along with that. He knows what it's like to have someone close to you die. Matter of fact, he knows what it's like to die. And so when God is incarnate, the incarnation, when he put on flesh, when it's God with us, he did that so that we could know that he empathizes with us, that he gets it, that he's walked, so that when you talk to him, and when you approach him, when you ask him for help, he's someone who has been in it. Lived a perfect life. Lived the life that we can't live. Died to death that we should have lived. And rose again from the grave so that we could live. The Bible says he's the light of the world. Imagine what it would be like in your life if you had the light of God's presence in you. If you weren't groping around for purpose. If you weren't groping around for forgiveness. If you weren't groping around for love. But he was in you. You know those cards that you get when people are celebrating a wedding and they, they, or, or a party or something? They says, it says this, your presence is our present. You know, or or your, your present is your presence. Our present is your presence. You know, you know the cards I'm talking about? Right? I don't like those. I don't like those at all. Like, I want the present. <laughs> Just being honest, right? I, I don't, like, I'm never going to send one of those out. Your presence is my present. Baloney. I want the present, right? But, and, and then when you get it, you wonder, do they really mean that? Like, they want to say your presence is our present, but they really want the present and your presence. Don't, isn't that, is that just me? Right? I, I don't like those. But, here, but here's what's true. Here's what's true. The greatest Christmas present ever is his presence. That's the greatest pre- Christmas presence ever. It's the presence of God with us, that, that his love and his grace and his mercy. And see, some of us, we, we look at God in two ways only. We, we don't look at the full orb reality of a God who loves us and walks with us. We look at God as the, the one who forgives us. When we screw up, we, we run home and make sure we pray so that we have the eraser. Right? We ask God to be the, our, our big forgiver. Right? And the other thing, we look at God all the time, and we, not only our forgiver, we, we look at, He's like the doorkeeper of heaven. So we want to make sure we have Jesus, or we have the right stuff about Jesus, or we have the right water on us, or the right water in us, or we do the, we want to do the right thing so that the heaven door will open for us. God, the, the, the big forgiver, and, and the big door opener. But God is so much more. He's so much more. He, he doesn't invite us just to be forgiven. He doesn't invite us just to go to heaven. He invites us to follow him, to be in relationship with him, to experience his love, to experience his forgiveness, to experience his provision, to experience his purpose. Like that's the greatest Christmas present ever is his presence in us and with us every day. It'd be like this, it'd be like this, right? Some of us, like, like could you imagine with me for a second, like your life is a musical composition? Like you are a symphony, 
but you're in pieces. You have a line here and a line here and a stanza here and some rests here and, and, and you have this musical thing going, but there's no, it's like it's a bunch of unconnected pieces, your life. And when Jesus moves in, it's, he, he's like the melody that brings all of the stanzas, all of the sections, all of the pieces of the symphony together and gives them a connection and a purpose and a belonging. And it's like you listen to it and it's like full of life. He brings you together. Or, or maybe this way, maybe you could think of yourself like a piece of beautiful art. Right? Like, like a painting. And there's a lake there and a cabin and mountains and mountains. Let's see, that would be, that's the wrong part of the country. Let's see. Sunflowers for miles. Right? You have this beautiful scene and the cabin there. And you look at it and the, you're looking at it and it's nice, but like it's, it's just nice. But then you watch the artist dip his brush into a paint. And he goes over the cabin window and with just a flick, he puts a light in the cabin and takes the brush and runs it across the surface of the water. And all of a sudden, the painting, it's alive. It's light. It's beautiful. That's what God wants to do with us. Like a beautiful composition of this piece and this piece put together with a melody with embellishments and, and, and scores and, and, and pieces that bridges and all those things that bring your whole life together into a beautiful sound to God, full of life, or into a beautiful picture where you have the light of his presence, the greatest Christmas present ever. Some of you know that from your past, what it was like to have that sense of his presence, and, and you've, you've closed the curtains and blocked out the light. You've, you've, you've stepped away. You've, you've erased, erased the melody in your life. And some of you have never known that. You've all of these pieces of who you are, and you've never been integrated and put together by a melody, a song of God's love in your heart. Like, wouldn't that be cool? Look, I do. I, I love Christmas. Do not be afraid, he says. For today in the city of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Christ the Lord meaning you can follow him and live with him and be loved by him and be forgiven and receive eternity. And then you can take part in building his kingdom, his reign on earth, taking and trying to be a part of the team, God's team that says more of what happens in heaven happening here. We can transform the world by taking what goes on there and starting to live like that here. We can live a purpose that our life sings to the glory of God. Our life shines to the glory of God. We have a peace and a joy and a love of Christmas. I'm thinking, like, if that's all true, that's why he came. Why would you just do Christmas one day a year? Why wouldn't you say, God, I want more than just forgiveness. But I want forgiveness. I want more than just heaven. I want heaven. I want you, your presence, every 
day of my life. I love Christmas, but I need Christmas. I need Jesus to help me with my fears, to help me with the shadows. So I'm wondering if, if maybe, maybe you'd be bold enough. You don't, you know, I'm not going to have you run forward or anything, but would you pray with me? And I'd like to just say a short little piece of a prayer, and if it makes sense to you, maybe you just pray it with me. Dear God, thank you for loving me. Thank you for Jesus. God, I'd like a melody coming from my life that pulls me together into something beautiful. I'd like the light of your presence, Father, the light of Jesus in me. It makes me alive. God, forgive me for my sin. Teach me how to follow you for the rest of my life. I want Christmas. I want you every day.